Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bitly and Murata Mornings, Social Studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Oh, it's that time of the morning where we dive into some social media on Twitter. See what kind of gold we can find. It's Social Studies, and here to take us through it is Sarah Cazell. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Not so much gold, but a lot of gold. red, black, and white. We love gold. We love gold. <laughs> For the Cardinals tonight. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Talking about the NFL draft. Finally, we've kind of, you know, tiptoed around it, at least with social studies. But uh, now we're, we're going all in, talking about the NFL draft and the Arizona Cardinals. What might happen tonight with the first round starting at 5 o'clock? Fill in the blank, guys. Tonight will be a success for the Cardinals if blank. I don't, I mean, per our earlier discussion on it, I don't, to me, I don't know if it can be a success tonight. Yes, by definition, it's impossible to declare it that. But again, this is the success failure conversation we had with Giannis earlier. Um, I would say this. I would say it it is a success if they effectively trade down for a package that brings them back multiple draft picks in the first three rounds of any drafts. That makes any sense. And still get a guy who's seen as an impact player with the first pick wherever they move down to. Yeah. So, so someone for the here and now and then for the future as Tyree well. Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, Paris Johnson, one of those guys. One of those three? Yeah. Okay. Um, Michael says the first round will be a success for the Cardinals. If they draft Will Anderson, if he is there, do not trade out unless he is gone. Ryan says tonight will be a success for the Cardinals if they trade the third pick for the fourth and then trade the fourth for the seventh, which is where the Raiders are, as uh, Benjamin Solak referred to just a few minutes ago. I think that trading the third for the fourth thing is not going to happen. That seems less likely. Don't so, you think? I, I have never really seen the logic in it personally, but it, I, again, it depends on what happens at one and two. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably pretty improbable. Probably improbable? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> story I of my, that. That's going to be the title of my memoir. Ooh, I like that. Uh, Ryan continues, get a boatload of picks and then take Paris Johnson. Adam Schallenberger says the first round will be a success for the Cardinals if these picks work out in two years. It's a theme that we have had to visit in the past with past uh, Cardinals regimes. Dread Pirate Darren says it's a success tonight if they don't take a linebacker in the first round. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, change of quality humor. A few, right a few there. references to that. I, I, I don't, I don't think you have to worry about that anymore. Uh, and then Adam Smith says it'll be a success if they don't take a tight end with their first round pick. All right. Let's get to... Good tight end draft, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. First-round quality events? No, no. I know. And and they didn't use a first-round pick last year on a tight end either. It was a third-round pick. All right, let's get to our next question. Who is better at their sport right now? Devin Booker, you've discussed, is playing like one of the best players in the NBA right now. And then Zach Gallen leading the league in strikeouts. 12 strikeout day yesterday. Absolutely crushing it. Who is better at their sport right now? Devin Booker or Zach Gallen? Oof. You got to give the edge to Book. 
because the stage he's doing this on. Yeah, that's it's I, one I thing think that's to do this in April against the Kansas City Royals, and it's great. And, and Zach Gallen has been phenomenal, but it, it, it's right. it's Booker. Yeah, it's it's something. It's really hard to. Um, to compare a, 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 a two-way basketball star with a starting pitcher, yeah. in my opinion. Very, very, very hard. Specialized to, athlete. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's not really close right now. 81% say Devin Booker is better at his I thought it would be a little closer. I would have guessed higher in Booker's favor, For, honestly. Yeah. 19% say Zach Gallen. Apparently Gabe Fernandez from SF Gate voted in our poll. Oh! <laughs> Josh Game Show says, I mean, just compare their last games. Devin Booker had 47 points and Gallen had zero. Guys, he's making a joke. Yeah, I know. You can laugh. That was no. A no, nobody wanted to only, laugh. No one wanted to laugh. Only okay. heard in deep space. Yeah. Josh Game Show. I thought that was funny. Okay. Denny Crane says Devin Booker is dominating, but it's against a short-handed Clippers team with their two wing defenders. Gallon has been the best pitcher in baseball since last August. So that's a vote for Zach Gallon from Denny Crane. Well, okay. true, but again, Zach, you know, the, the Clippers were still more put together than the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Nicky Lopez, Vinny Pasquantino. <laughs> Apache Jedi Bear places a vote for Devin Booker. Better at his sport right now because Gallon is still developing. He is only beginning unlimited growth potential. John Zinn says, just mark me as present. I will not choose against either of them. They are both studs. Oren Keene says if Zach Gallen goes no hitter or a complete game shutout while on this current scoreless inning streak, it would be a lot closer in this vote. He's still easily Cy Young material, but I am not seeing MVP stuff from him compared to what Booker has done since the Kevin Durant trade. And then Arizona Coyotes fans writes in Clayton Keller with a little coy smiley face, <laughs> but I'll vote Devin Booker. <laughs> Fair enough. Getting to our last question. Uh, Bick, you mentioned at the top of the show, Patrick Reed's Masters Porsche, custom oh, yeah. Masters, uh, Masters Porsche, that only got, what'd you say, like 350 miles on it? 360, before, something like ooh, that. Oh, that's yeah. just brutal. Um, before it clearly took some sort of beating, uh, it mysteriously showed up on some website for crashed cars. So we're asking, what is the coolest car, real or fictional, of all time? Ooh. Didn't we have a mock my world on this once? Yes, it was the Vinny was out for it, I believe. Oh, really? I think Tim Rin was in. No, Howard. Oh, no, Howard. Howard. That. Yes, because we were picking like the Batmobile and like the DeLorean, and he picked like like 1965. No, he just no, no, he picked like. A Mercedes. It's oh, <laughs> uh, like not even like specific cars. He picked a Corvette. Yes, a, a red Corvette. Firebird. Yeah, that's the right. The Buick from Highway Patrol and the Beverly Hillbillies car. He picked the car wow, from a many, show uh, from eighty years ago. He got five point six percent. Wow. Who won that, that contest, by the way, Sarah? Zach Larson did. So I was not here either. Wow. <laughs> Zach Larson, then Jarrett, then Bick, then Howard. I mean, my Buick. Howard Buick. 
I'm going to go with my first one. When when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the television show Batman. Okay. In all of its campy goodness. Oh, but the Batmobile. The Adam which, West Batmobile. Yes, which, by the way, if you read, our, it, it was it was the biggest hunk of junk ever. It barely ran, and there was so many like Hollywood tricks that made it look fast, but it was just a piece of garbage. What, the Batmobile? Yeah, yeah. I've At, actually Adam West one. in the Have actual Batmobile. Yeah, it's here in Phoenix. There's a really? guy. Really? What? Yes, no. Yeah, I, it, it usually shows up at the um, the car show. But, uh, there's a guy who, who has actually built a miniature Batcave with all the stuff. What? And he's got the Batmobile and he's got the Batcycle and they do it for Make-A-Wish kids. They do it for kids... And it's it's a great. I have heard about that. It's am, a great thing the they only do. Thing that's I am glad is I listened. Vigilante justice. I'm glad I listened to the end of that story before I said, "What a dork!" No. Because no, it's yeah. for a good yeah, cause. No, right, right. It's an incredible cause. And so I got invited out there, and I my kids took a ride in it. And I'm actually I didn't come to think of my kids did, but I was Aww. like, uh, but I, like you, I was in complete awe of it. I'm like, that's like that's yeah. that's the obsession of my childhood right yeah. here. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I know we got a break. Eleanor, the car from Gone in 60 Seconds, was the most popular response. Really? It, it was pretty scattered, but that that really? was the, the trend, yes. I never saw that movie. Me neither. Neither did I. Huh. On Twitter, at I Bickley wanted to Marotta. see it in the theater, but it was Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh. Yeah. Oh, There are some really cool photos, though, that people dropped in or oh, gifts cool. from movies. Right. So find them on Twitter at Bickley underscore Marana. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in on Social Studies. Coming up next, more as we get closer and closer to tonight's NFL draft and what the Cardinals could be cooking up. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The amount of demands the Cardinals have claimed that they've had has been exaggerated, but now is when it picks up. I think, you know, like today and, and having the phones, probably yesterday and now into today is where it gets really busy. Uh, the Texans were, you know, considering moving off of number two. The, there was a report yesterday from Adam Schefter. They haven't really gotten that much engagement. I think they were talking about it. I think they were taking calls and giving calls and then looking around at it. And then they decided to stay at two. Now three becomes the spot where if you are a non-Colts team trying to draft the second quarterback off the board, three is the only spot you can get to, right? If two's locked up, it's got to be three. So when the Cardinals had that whole, like, we've got six separate teams calling us, I think that might have been a little bit gamesmanship, trying uh-huh. to drum up the market, trying to get some more teams involved, trying to make more competitive uh, uh, trade offers. But now I think over the last 12 hours, and then here we got, what, seven, eight hours until draft time. Mm-hmm. I think this time is where the, that, that demand's really going to get high. It's Ben Solak from The Ringer. He joined us in the 8 o'clock hour to talk draft and possibilities. Cardinals still on that third pick. Diana Rossini from ESPN earlier today reported that the Cardinals are mulling multiple offers from teams to move up uh, to number three. Interesting, too, Todd McShay's final mock draft is out, Vic, and he's got a scenario where the Cardinals are able to trade out of number mm-hmm. three with Tennessee. And it, you know, if you look at the quarterback needy teams that are not Indianapolis right now, it's Tennessee and Houston at 12 if they pass on a quarterback at two, which is looking more and more likely. But in this scenario, McShay says the Cardinals move down to 11 in a trade with Tennessee. The Titans would move up to get C.J. Stroud. Uh, and he writes, the price of doing business for Tennessee would likely be something in the ballpark of a 2023 second round pick, which is the 41st overall tonight or tomorrow, and a 2024 
or first or second round pick uh, for the Cardinals to move down eight spots, and then he's got him taking Paris Johnson at eleven. And okay. w- what we just talked about, it, it, you know, what would be a successful night? I think that would be a tremendous yeah, start. I'd sign me up with that for Monty Austin. Yeah, I'm cool first with that. Yeah, listen, I, I I think that that was that would be a very good way to begin um, for a lot of different reasons. I, I think that the Cardinals, one of the things, one of the many things they've done wrong with drafts in recent years is they've not prioritized the premium positions, and because there's mm-hmm. in the NFL there's a difference between a left tackle and an, and an inside linebacker. Yes, and 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 so I you've got to you've got to you know, play yeah. the hits. You've got to draft the premium positions, and I that would that would check a lot of boxes. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. Your impact positions: left tackle, shutdown corner, mm-hmm. quarterback, edge rusher, and edge rusher. Exactly. There you right. go. That's it. Uh, this is a very interesting mock, though, that McShay's got out there. Uh, by the way, he's got Bryce Young going one to Carolina, Tyree Wilson going two to Houston. Uh, the defensive end from Texas Tech, then the Titans moving up to get Stroud, the Colts getting their guy in Will Levis at four, Seattle taking Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, at five, and Will Anderson staying on the board until number six and going to Detroit. Which could be... Dev- if that scenario played out just from a Detroit standpoint, having Anderson and Aiden Hutchinson... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about that, I, right? I still can't believe that the general consensus now is that the Texans will not take a quarterback. After everything they've gone through and how awful their quarterbacks are, I I can't believe it. If they really only liked Bryce Young, no wonder they fired Lovey Smith for winning that last game of the year. (laughs) Well, there's something to be said for that. I'm not in love with this quarterback class. I like Bryce Young. There's questions. He's going to be the smallest statured quarterback ever to play in the NFL in, com- in in terms of combination height and weight. I mean, those guys don't have a great track record. No, they do not. They just don't. I love the decision-making. I love the stats he put up, especially in the Heisman year. But there's questions, and, and there's questions about all of these guys. And you and Dan's pointed out several times, if Kyler Murray were an absolute positively sure thing right now, mm-hmm. like a perennial you know, playoff contender, everything, and healthy, it would have a big impact. I think that's factoring into people not like so in love with Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Raiders are a team to watch? Maybe trying to move up to, to three to get a quarterback? What number they're, are they? They're number seven they're right now. They're seven? Yeah. And I say that, too, because uh, Ben Solak in our conversation did say this. I, in my estimation, if the Cardinals would really like to land on a tackle, and even if they, they'd specifically like to land on Paris, I think if you go from three to seven, right, I think about like that Raiders pick, three to six, the Lions pick, I think you're likely still to get Paris Johnson at that range. I think that's better return on investment. Once you start getting after the Bears at nine, the Eagles at 10, uh, Titans at 11, now you're starting to get behind some tackle-oriented teams. Now you're on the risk of missing out on Paris and to get the second or third guy on your board. Yeah. So if you're really locked in on getting Paris Johnson, I don't think you can move too far back, but I do think you can move a little back and that'll be a, a good bang for your buck. And so that would, uh, you know, what, what Solak just said would nullify what McShay suggested and move down to 11 and still get Paris Johnson. But it could be another tackle. It could be Skaronsky from Northwestern. It could be the kid from Georgia. It could be a number of things uh, that could happen there. I'm, act- I'm fascinated by this, this year's draft. All of the mystery, yeah. starting from the very top, 
Uh, I, I love I love going into a draft where there's uncertainty like this, where you're going to have reactions tonight of like, wow, didn't see that coming. Yeah, well, and, and I think the difference is the Cardinals are right in the midst of it. In fact, you could make an argument that if the Texans really do not go quarterback, I, I to me, I just I wonder about that. If you're a new head coach and you know this is your opportunity, if you're D'Amico Ryans, do you really think that because you work next to Kyle Shanahan that you too can build a Super Bowl contender without a a premium quarterback? That's the thing, is those two worlds collide. Like a third head coach in D'Amico Ryans in three years. A third head coach that will be going into NFL Sundays without a tried and true NFL quarterback. Plus, you know, there's that argument. You know, if, if the Texans are willing organizationally to stink for another year, get the number one overall pick, and you got Caleb Williams, who could be fantastic mm-hmm. uh, at that spot. Is it worth it, you know, not drafting that quarterback this year? But I, I think that's a real hard sell for a fan base in a football-mad well, city in I, Houston to, to just flat-out stink for a third straight year. Well, and that's the whole thing. I think that if, if they truly, at number two, decide to go defensive player, then I think what you said earlier might carry the ring of truth, and that is the Texans might go, okay, let's get ourselves a, a primo, gmo defender and tank again and go get Caleb Williams next year because we like that kid better than anybody who's going to be available to us. But how do you do that but, with a straight face? Yeah, exactly, and what Jared just said too, Lovey Smith is not there. They lost that, that or they won that last game. It cost them the number one overall pick. Who's to say D'Amico Ryan's isn't in a similar situation trying to save his job or you know improve his status in the league? That's that's why tanking doesn't work. Yeah, no, it's Tank, not, yeah. tanking is a front office creation. You can't ask everybody to get involved in mm-hmm. it, especially in the NFL. Completely. Yeah. Uh, draft coverage begins four o'clock today. Burns and Gamble will be out there at State Farm Stadium at the Cardinals draft party on the Great Lawn, and then four o'clock it kicks into high gear with Wolf and Bick joining the fray. Luke Lipinski, Tim uh, Ring, all throughout the first round tonight uh, of the NFL draft, which is going down in Kansas City. And that's where we will go, in a way, next, as we welcome our own Tyler Drake, who's in Kansas City to cover the Cardinals pick. He'll join us straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. For a long time, I think that draft was kind of starting at two. No one really knew what the Texans were doing. If it is Will Anderson, as expected, then, yeah, three at that spot now. We're like, you know, Diana Rossini just reported. All those trade offers are going to come in. All those quarterback needy teams who want to get ahead of the Colts, like this is going to be the spot for them. Uh, so now three becomes a really important spot. Ben Solak from The Ringer, who joined us earlier today, talking about the Cardinals and number three, potentially becoming a very important spot early in tonight's draft. And teams maybe trying to move up to number three. Uh, joining us now. From Kansas City, site of tonight's 2023 NFL Draft. First round, our own Tyler Drake covers the Cardinals for ArizonaSports.com. And TD checks in with us here on the Arizona Sports Line. First and foremost, Tyler, have you had any barbecue yet? Well, you know, thanks for having me on. But actually, I had a bit of a travel issue. We're going to put well, Tyler we're off on. to a uh, swimming start there. I really wanted to hear about the barbecue. How do you feel about barbecue, Jared? We're going yeah, we know, to we know how much with. Jared loves barbecue. Yeah, well, listen, the the fact that it's it's interesting to me, I think the vibe, we, we've had an NFL draft in Chicago. We've had an NFL draft in Nashville. Uh, where else? Dallas, Vegas last year. Okay. Cleveland. 
Was Vegas yeah. might have been two years ago. Okay. We yeah. had one draft from uh, Roger Goodell's basement. We and, did. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll pass on that one. Kansas City is a good... This, it, I think there's going to be a real good vibe at, at this one because it's, you know... What they wanted to do with the NFL draft is put these things centrally located to get all a, a real great... Um, tapestry of football fans wearing different teams, replica jerseys coming from all over the country. But don't you think they could put it anywhere and people would show I up? I think so. Yeah. 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 But but you put it in places that that you know allow you to get there via cards. Difference. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna try this again with uh, with Tyler Drake and Tyler. You can you can fast forward over the barbecue question since now we're up against it. <laughs> um, Cardinals at, at three right now. Diana Rossini put it out earlier uh, that they they're mulling over several offers. I mean, you're you're with this team a lot. What does your gut tell you on their possibilities of being able to trade down out of three tonight? You know, I think for me, hopefully you guys can hear me. Yes. Uh, for me, I would say it, there's a huge possibility they trade out of it. I just It's, it's going to come down to who do they really want to go with and who's going to offer the most. I, for me, in my opinion, if, you know, Will Anderson is off the board, I would go and look to trade with Tennessee. You get out of the top ten, they're probably going to send you another first rounder. So that's really the team I'm looking at the most right now is, is probably for what the Cardinals want and what they want to do moving forward. That's the team that I think could really help facilitate that. And you have the and you have the relationship with, uh, with Monty and the Titans already from when he worked there. So True. that kind of all just makes a lot of sense to me. But again, I you know depending on what happens at two, everything will be up in the air. All right, Tyler, paint paint the picture for us, set the scene. What's it like in Kansas City for the draft? Yeah, there's there's a ton of buzz. There is a ton of buzz. There's a ton of people. I I didn't expect it to be this crazy. At I think it's new, almost noon here. I mean, there's still like seven hours before the draft even goes and. Everybody is really geared up. There's a ton of fans. I ran into a couple Cardinals fans that actually uh, used to cut, follow the team in St. Louis, so that was pretty interesting to talk wow. to them a little bit. But uh, they have no idea what the Cardinals are going to do, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really nice out, 60 degrees. It, it's really nice. And there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of people around. And you can tell everyone wants to get this going. And, I mean, you look all over, you see Kansas City championship uh, banners and it's just, it's KC, it's buzzing out here right now. Well, we went and covered the draft in 2019 when the Cardinals had the first pick in Nashville, and one of the things that blew me away, and you mentioned it, was seeing fans of every single organization. And I kept kind of a, a mental note. Have you seen any of the new Cardinal jerseys out there yet? I have not. Ah. I have not seen any yet. I, I do see two Cardinals fans right in front of me right now, though, so that's a good thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Drake uh, checking in with us from uh, Kansas City. Going back to that possibility, you brought it up. You know, Tennessee makes sense maybe for them to move up to three. Maybe if they're in love with a quarterback there, they certainly need help at that position moving forward. If the Cardinals are able to do that, move out of the top ten, pick up an extra first-round pick, even if it's next year, and get Paris Johnson at, at uh, from Ohio State at 11, I think it obviously is a win-win-win. And one of those wins I'm talking about is a show of responsibility. The fan base doesn't get excited about left tackles getting drafted, but it's a responsible draft pick for a, a yeah. first-time general manager in Monty Austinford, and kind of a complete reversal of how Steve Time attacked this draft, and by attack, I mean he kind of neglected the the offensive line for a really long time. I think that would be a really responsible move, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense. And you just, I mean, you got to take into account Tyler Murray. You got to take into account his health. You got to take into account what he wants. I mean, if he needs another reinforcement, he needs another bodyguard in there. You got to look at that. And if, if he's really high on a guy like Paris Johnson, and you can get to that spot, and he's there at eleven, I think that's a great fit. I don't think Paris Johnson should be taken at three. 
I don't think an O-lineman should get taken at three. But dropping down in, into 11, I think, would be a really good grab. And I know it's not the, the flashiest or, or, you know, the biggest move, but I think it could really pay dividends in the long run. All right, so uh, are there any other players that you like uh, that are on the radar, radar for you with the Cardinals, Tyler? Yeah, I, you know, for me, uh, another guy that I like is Christian Gonzalez. I think, uh, you know, Pac-12 guy. Talked about, I mean, obviously that might change a little bit now, but talked about how he wanted to work with Buda Baker, so might change. But, you know, he's kind of stood out to me. Uh, Witherspoon has actually kind of come up for me, too. But I would say, I'd say it's Christian Gonzalez and then maybe, you know, Tyree's right there, too, though. So I, I think for me, it's going to be Christian. Obviously, I think Will Anderson is, is my top pick if they stay at three. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, I think it's Christian Gonzalez, Tyree Wilson, and then, yeah, Paris Johnson. You mentioned another situation that the Cardinals are dealing with right now and something that could be uh, on uh, that unfolds tonight, and that's the trades of veterans. DeAndre Hopkins, I, I think we're all in the same boat, probably more likely to be traded, but the Buda Baker situation is an unfortunate one because he's a fan favorite. He's the you know defensive face of this franchise and a guy who sets an example. What do you make of where the Cardinals are right now with their relationship with Buda Baker? And, and in, in your mind, Tyler, how do you repair that? Yeah, you know, I I feel like as soon as we get to the point of like, hey, we're gonna when you get the trade talk out there on social media, I feel like that's kind of the the nudge that players like to give teams of like, hey, let's figure this out or it's it's go time. So I it's, it's, they can I, I really don't know. Uh, and and here's the other thing too. I mean, we talk so much about building culture, building this culture for the team moving forward after what we saw in the past. And obviously, Buda Baker was not a problem of the culture in the past. But you also have to look at it and say, hey, if this guy's going to come out and be like this with the new regime, new everything, is that really the kind of culture you want to be fostering in the organization when everybody's coming in pretty much brand new? So I think that's something they've got to consider. I think they could get a decent haul for him. I don't know what that would look like. Maybe a second rounder which seems crazy to say that, but I think that's just where everybody is in the market of trading right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they can rekindle this. How do you like, how do you stack the quarterbacks? How do you think they're going to go sequentially? Well, I think, I think young goes one. I'm going young and then I'm going to go, love to go with the Richardson. He'll go to, oh, wow. or no, he'll go second quarterback, and then let's go with C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. Interesting. I think he might be right. I think that might be my order as well. Yeah, that, that Richardson. And I'll give you a little tidbit that I, that I caught on the plane. Uh, actually, was spoke with uh, some family members of Bryce Young who were very excited about the possibility of him going one and didn't really tell me a lot, but you could tell that they were they were gearing up for it to be a party tonight. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, look at that. All right, Tyler, thanks for Thank checking you, in, bud. man. Appreciate it. And look for uh, Tyler's coverage from Kansas City on ArizonaSports.com. Be, be well, Tyler. Thanks. See you guys. Uh, Tyler Drake joining us here on the uh, Arizona Sports Line. Lots of final thoughts to get into on this busy Thursday edition. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Song of the Day. Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A. Wiggins. That other side, we stay winning. Oh, 
Oh man, draft day. The clean version. You know I had Drake. Yeah. Wow. Johnny Manziel and Andrew Wiggins. So you know about which era this is from. It was quite an error. You know I had to do it for you. The Johnny Manziel draft. Oh yeah. Let's wreck this league. You know I had to. Sometimes I laugh with God about how you. That draft day is. It's here. Cardinals with the number three pick as of now. Full draft coverage starting at four o'clock from the Great Lawn Cardinals draft party out there in Glendale. Whole crew out there and coverage all day long, keeping you up to date on everything that's going on in terms of rumors and developments. So keep it here on Arizona Sports. There you go. There's today's song of the day, courtesy of Drake. First time we played him, I think. I don't think we ever had. Yeah, I feel like we might have played Hotline Bling at some point. Maybe. Maybe. Everybody else was playing it. So why didn't we? Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. want to update a story that we talked about uh, Monday and hardware, and that was the uh, the Drew Maggi story. Mm-hmm. Former Brophy prep star, former Sun Devil who spent uh, a long time, 13 years on the minor leagues, got called up to the Pittsburgh Pirates from Double A, playing in Altoona. Um, he finally got his opportunity last night. He got an ad bat and promptly was called for a pitch clock violation. It's outstanding. And that, <laughs> isn't that so great? Get in, man. Isn't that great? But I also that is funny. I learned something today. I was reading this um, this newsletter that we both subscribe to, and I learned about something that I had not heard of before. And it's called a phantom ball player. Have you heard this terminology before? No. So Drew Maggi, by getting in at bat and registering an actual statistic, graduates. He's no he's no longer eligible to be a phantom player. But there's this long list and long history in Major League Baseball of phantom players. That is, players that got called up by the big club were on the roster, but never saw any playing time. Wow. And I was re- I was fascinated by this because you're like, wow, have I heard any of, of any of these guys? And the answer is no, because they're phantom players, basically. Could you imagine the disappointment of getting that call up? And, and then never, never getting into bat, action? never step in the field. Yeah, that that'd would, be pretty brutal. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, that would, that, would, that would signal a rift between the GM and the manager to me. <laughs> right? Probably. You call up a guy and the guy never sees the field? Yeah, and a player uh, pays the price for it and never gets to you know, never gets the back of the baseball card, if you will. Uh, Brittany Griner of the Phoenix Mercury having press availability today. The yeah. Mercury season not far off. Uh, coming up next month, the season opener for the WNBA. Uh, Griner is back with the Mercury after her harrowing 2022 where she was wrongfully detained over in Russia. And uh, part of that press conference today... Uh, experience like that will change your perspective. Sorry, I didn't want to keep playing Drake there. Uh, will change your perspective, and uh, Brittany Griner talked about that this morning. You know, the things that I always say, you know, appreciate every moment, you know, don't take it for granted, but it, it's so true. Once something like, like this happens to you, you like when people say that, it hits it hits home. Like, it hits closer to you. Um, so just taking it all in. I mean, just walking in to the arena. Um, one day I had a workout here, and uh, they had, you know, Mercury all around and everything and it was just such a surreal moment. Um, no one was in there. I was first one to walk on the court and it just, it hit me hard. You know, um, so just looking forward to all those moments. Just walking in on the first home game. Um, the grind, 
you know, the sweat, blood, um, hopefully not too much blood because that, that means injuries, so hopefully not too much of that. Um, but uh, but just taking all that in, you know, I, I missed it. I can't even fathom that whole mindset of having something in your life that is so adverse that it completely changes the way you looked at things you looked at a certain way for so yeah. long. Yeah. And it can be a very valuable experience, she, but I wouldn't uh, wish yeah. that on anybody. She, she looks great. She looks healthy. She looks happy. She looks content. She cracked a bunch of jokes. She cracked a bunch of jokes. She got emotional with the first question she was asked, and she flat out said, look, I, I've had to deal with hard times before. This was obviously different, but not that different. So props to her they asked getting her, through it. They asked her what it's, it's like reuniting and getting to play again with Diana Taurasi, and she said, who wouldn't want to play with a walking fossil? <laughs> <laughs> there well, you go. At least the vibe is back. There you go. Yes. Before, uh, yeah. before this ordeal. Uh, we mentioned this. Uh, Bick brought it to my attention. I tweeted it out, the link to it. Gabe Fernandez, a writer for SFGate, uh, the online arm of the San Francisco Chronicle. The headline reads, Suns Booker thinks he'll face Lakers, not Warriors, in West Finals. And actually has the tweet with the video of Devin Booker postgame after eliminating the L.A. Clippers. And, and here's exactly what Devin Booker said in that interview with Valley Sports Arizona. I think the best part about it is it wasn't easy. Um, you know, just trying to bring it every possession we can. We didn't want to go back to L.A. unless it's going to be the Western Conference Finals. So... You know, I'm glad we got it done. We can get a little bit of rest. Didn't want to go back to L.A. unless it's for the Western Conference Finals. Not really open for interpretation, is it? No, it, no. Listen, we, we've there's there's no debate here, Vinny. There, there's we don't have to debate this. But this I was thought, a hatchet job from this guy. But maybe I thought it was all right. Blame the headline writer because you know. Well, it's, like, but it's not. No, it's, it, I read the story. It's, yeah. it's, it's duplicitous. Here's either, the, either it's very very duplicitous or it's very incompetent. Here, the uh, the SF Gate uh, headline that they're tweeting out to, with the link. Devin Booker is either actively doubting the Warriors or a true believer in LeBron James and the Lakers. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this is the same guy that got deeply under Clay Thompson's skin. So so they're looking to set up D-Book any way they can. Yes. And, 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 I, and I understand playing dirty, but that that's either, like I said, that's either highly unethical or highly incompetent. Either way, it's highly irresponsible. There, there you go. The part from the article says, Tuesday, a new dub skeptical voice emerged, Devin Booker. He didn't mention the Warriors by name, but after an impressive 47-point performance to clinch the Suns' first-round series against the Clippers, Booker had a rather telling comment about whom he expects to see in the later rounds of the playoffs. I've seen a lot it's of a, bad... Ignore it, completely wow. ignoring the context of the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's going to be fun. But you you bring up a great point. It may be a little assist to the Warriors to get uh, to get Clay Thompson revved up. I mean, yeah, that's so far down nonsense. the road too. Well, but still, it's it's really that's just that's hack stuff, is what that is. Yeah, it is. Uh, NFL Draft Day is here. The Arizona Cardinals with the number three overall pick again. If you're just joining us. Diana Rossini of ESPN has reported that the Cardinals and their front office headed up by Monty Austin Fort considering multiple offers to move up to number three. Yeah. So uh, they're trading out. If that is true and that is accurate, then then I think it's just a matter of where and with whom. 
Yeah, and I think even trading down, the Cardinals can be in a, in a situation where they get an impact player, probably, especially if it's on the offensive line, a day one starter. Uh, and that is, like we brought up in our conversation with Tyler Drake, man, something, a position that was curiously avoided as an impact position in the draft by Steve Kime in recent years. Yeah, You'd the, have to go back to DJ Humphreys, really. Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I think Chuck Harris, our buddy, just put out a stat that, that the most most impactful first-round pick from Steve Kime is currently on the Eagles, and four of the, four of the nine are not even in the league anymore. Time for a new day. Time for a new era. <laughs> Let's go, Monty. <laughs> We got so many Montes in this city, we don't know what to do with them. Uh, that is going to do it for us on this Thursday edition. I'd like to thank Derek Hall, Ben Solak, Tyler Drake for uh, joining us. We'll have full draft recap tomorrow of the first round and a lot of Phoenix Suns Denver Nuggets preview as that series gets underway Saturday in the Mile High City. Wolf and Luke are up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.